2: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, and you have found your way to another Let's Ride podcast. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning right here on the Steel Curtain Network. I've got you covered with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the latest news, notes, and all that in between right here. Let's Ride, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you're a part of the Ride or Die crew, my loyal listeners that never miss a show no matter what, no matter the season, you already knew that, nothing's going to change as we transition over to the Steel Curtain Network, formerly known as the Behind the Steel Curtain Podcast Network. So I want to get something out of the way right off the bat. And this is something that, look, hey, all ideas are not good ideas, right? I've always believed that you throw something against the wall, see if it sticks. The Steelers Update Podcast was something we tried a couple weeks ago. And I told Dave Schofield, because Dave, Dave was very like, I don't know, if you, are we really going to do this? I said, I want to see if it works. Before we go into transition into the new network. And it didn't work. The, the Steelers update did fine, but it was taking away from all the other podcasts. Not only my Let's Ride, but Dave Stat Geek, The Cutting Room Floor, our noon shows like Bad Language, The Steelers Fix. So we decided, you know what, let's can it. We're not going to do it anymore. So we'll be talking about some news here uh, at the beginning of the shows as we used to do and still try to keep it in a timely fashion. We're trying to keep it around 30 minutes or less so that you, the listener, doesn't get bored or dull with anything that we're talking about any particular day because we have a lot of content. We want to give you the opportunity to get through everything. So let's talk about some news. The news, I found this fascinating. So the HBCU, which is the Historically Black College or University, uh, they recently had their own scouting combine. So these are schools that are lesser-known schools. They still produce a lot of NFL talent. Uh, Bill Nunn, the famous scout of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s, who is in the Hall of Fame for his mark that he left on the team and the NFL. Really, uh, they re- they recruited heavily in the HBCU realm. When you think about some of the greats that came from those historically black colleges and universities, you're talking about Donnie Shell. You're talking about John Stallworth, and then more recently, you can talk about Javon Hargrave. In 2016, he was from South Carolina State, same school as Donnie Shell, which is an HBCU. So the HBCUs have their combine. There's the scouts. All the, there's a ton of scouts there. Every team's represented in terms of their scouting department. There's only one GM present, Omar Khan. I found that very, very fascinating that Omar Khan was the only general manager in attendance. I don't know. There was a a picture, an image from the, I think it was the HBCU Legacy Bowl or something like that. And it showed him talking to all these athletes there. And he was telling them about how they got to keep working hard. And I was like, you know what? Kudos to that guy. It's his first time out on the recruiting trail and he said, "I'm not going to leave any stone unturned. I'm going to go there myself. I want to have a lasting impression. And if I'm going to, if I'm going to kind of connect a dot here myself, he's learning this from Mike Tomlin. What is Mike Tomlin's theory on any time he's able to interact with players? I never know when I might have the opportunity to bring them into the organization. And so when you think of it in that regard." There's a good chance that the Steelers don't even draft any players that were at that combine. But Omar Khan made an impression on every single athlete there. And if there's a player that played really well in his rookie contract for a different organization, and they have a chance to sign him later down the road, don't think that won't be in the back of their minds. Don't think that for a second those players, those athletes won't say, I remember that guy was at the combine. He's the only GM there, man. It was really cool and it might just be the tipping point between them coming back and not so there's the news that uh you know Bill Nunn or I'm not Bill Nunn was tremendous when you read about what he did for the Steelers organization but also Omar Khan was the only GM in attendance all right <clears throat> so listen it's the off season we know this and there's moments throughout the off season where there's just there's not a lot going on uh, we're gearing up for the end of the week i think it's end of next week actually uh, or close to that End of, the, end of the month of February is when we have the Scouting Combine. There's going to be some news there. And so there's just this little lull. And I said, you know, this is a perfect time to do this. And I felt it was appropriate. Because yeah, as everyone, everyone knows, that follows me on Twitter and listens to the show. Monday was my birthday. I turned 40 years old. And while that's just a number, I understand that. I also realized there's a lot of people, and I know this from social media and communicating in that realm, There's a lot of people that listen to my podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday that are younger than I am, and so I'm currently reading, I'm getting through, I'm going back and reading some sections twice, uh, the Jim Wexel book, On the Clock, had Jim on a couple weeks ago on my Monday morning conversation, go back and listen to it if you didn't, and it's about the 70s, I was not alive for that, okay, I was born in 1983, if you're good with math, you would know that, and... I I only hear stories about these teams and these players. The one thing that I've learned after reading several books, listening to people like Jim Wexel talk, listening to people that were there that that lived it, like my father, and I just am learning more and more every single time I read or hear about these specific players. And so when you think about those dynasty teams, I mean, you think about the 70s, and what does everyone talk about? You know, they talk about Mean Joe Green. They talk about, uh, Elsie Greenwood. I already mentioned Donnie Shell, Mel Blunt, uh, those defenders, Jack Lambert. I mean, you name it, the, 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 every, Andy Russell, uh, Wagner, all of them, all of them were phenomenal football players. And so I'm going through the book by Jim Wexel, which you, if you haven't read it, please go get it. Cause it's worth your time. Trust me, go to jimwexel.com and get it from his official website and so I'm reading through this, and I'm reading this section on a player that I personally have overlooked my entire life. And it's not like this is some schmuck who had a good role with the team at one particular time. Now, this is a Hall of Fame player I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jack Ham, And I didn't even know this until I started watching. I was talking to my dad. When I was back in Wheeling, West Virginia this past weekend, I said, what can you tell me about Jack Ham?" He said, oh, the hammer. And I was like, yeah, I, the, the hammer. Like, what can you tell me? He said, oh, he was phenomenal. He said he was great. And the, I guess the reason is, so I start to read more about him, checking out highlights. It's just a different cat in terms of you, you think about the players like me and Joe Green and Jack Lambert. They were so outward that it kind of overshadowed how great this guy was. So, when you think about the 70s dynasties, everyone wants to talk about defense, but it just seems like, at least in my world, no one ever talked about Jack Ham. And so I was like, you know what? There's people that follow me on Twitter, there's people that listen to the show who don't even remember Jerome Bettis in his prime in the mid 90s. And if there's people out there like that, there's definitely people that don't know much about the guy named Jack Ham, number 59. Okay? He's a Hall of Fame player. So when you're reading the book on the clock, you realize how unbelievable the Steelers were at drafting back in the day. 1969, 1970, 1971, 1972, four years. In those four years, they had at least one Hall of Famer in every single draft class. Joe Green in 69, Terry Bradshaw and Mel Blunt in 70, Jack Hammond in 71, Franco Harris in 72. Then you're thinking about in 73, they don't have a Hall of Fame player. But, oh, don't worry. The 1974 draft class is considered one of the greatest of all times where four Hall of Fame players were selected in one class. And maybe it's because of that 74 class that caused Jack Ham to just kind of blend in. And it also his demeanor. You know, my dad always said he was an undersized guy, but he always talked about his speed, coverage skills, Listen to some of these statistics, okay? He played in 162 games. This guy was a 4-3, not a 3-4, a 4-3 outside linebacker. He finished his career with 32 interceptions. Yes, that's right, 32 interceptions. That's more than most cornerbacks have in a career. He had 32 interceptions, which to this day is third most amongst linebackers in NFL history. He had one of those interceptions returned for a touchdown. He had 21 fumble recoveries, and one of those fumble recoveries was returned for a touchdown. So I'm looking up his stats, and I'm looking for tackles. They didn't keep tackles as an official statistic back in the 70s, so I don't have that. But I looked at Sacks, and I'm like, he only has three sacks? This seems really weird. Aha. I figure it out. In 1982 was when Sacks became an official statistic. That was Jack Ham's final season. He had three that season, but the projected number, meaning if they would have been tallying sacks his whole career, he would have had 25 and a half sacks as a 4-3 outside linebacker. But then there's more to this. Listen to some of these accolades that Jack Ham has on his resume. Four-time Super Bowl champion, six-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, NFL 1970s All-Decade Team, NFL 75th Anniversary All-Time Team, NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team, Pittsburgh Steelers All-Time Team, Pittsburgh Steelers Hall of Honor, the Pittsburgh Pro Football Hall of Fame, a consensus All-American in 1970, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he's in the Collegiate Football Hall of Fame. All of this had me go back and starting to watch some highlights of him the man they called the hammer, was really, he's, he was kind of way before his time. I mean, he, he was the first real, genuine cover cover linebacker. And he talked about that. I, I listened to his speech when he, was, uh, when he got into the Hall of Fame. I, I listened to interviews, and he talked about how he just loved coverage. He loved getting out in the flat. He loved covering receivers even on occasion, and he did it well. He did it well. It was unbelievable. I mean, I have I, I honestly, if I'm being 100 percent honest with you, the listener right now, there are there were times when I'm watching these highlights, I'm I'm putting these statistics into my letter from the editor or letter from the editor article that ran on Sunday, and I'm thinking to myself, well, you call yourself a Steeler fan and you didn't realize how great Jack Ham was? You're not a Steeler fan. You're a phony. So what I decided was let's do a show, let's put some respect on jack ham's name and if you're old enough to watch him play well then you've already done that and that's fine but if you're like me and i'm 40 (laughs) i'm a man i'm 40 if you're like me and you're about my age or younger do yourself a favor and look at the history of this organization and look at Players like Jack Ham. Everyone thinks of Jack Lambert because he was the one that would tackle a player and he would point his finger down in the guy's face. He was boisterous. He was loud, and that's great. But that shouldn't take away from the silent assassin that was Jack Ham. You can appreciate both. They don't have to be the same. You can. You can't. You have to. Doesn't have to be singular. You can't. You don't have to say just Jack Lambert. It can be Jack Ham as well. Those two were one. Hell of a duo at linebacker for those teams. And I found it appropriate on this day when there's not a lot of news with the current Steelers team going on to pay some homage to Jack Ham the Hammer. So this one's for you, Hammer. He's still alive. I'd love to have him on the show. If you know him, <laughs> if you grew up in Youngstown near him, let him give him my contact. I'd love to have him on Let's Ride. That would be a fantastic interview. But, hey, this one's for the Hammer And do yourselves a favor and go do some research on this guy from Penn State with all those accolades. Put some respect on his name. I did. Hopefully, you do too. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. When we come come back after this break, I'm going to dive into the mailbag because that's what we do every single Wednesday. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Steeler fans, welcome back to the second part of the Wednesday Let's Ride podcast, and that is when I send out the tweet every single Tuesday morning and say, fire away those questions. I've continued on my gif ride of the other guys. I'd Go check out that movie. It's great. Let's get this show on the road. He's always first. I don't know why. He's always first. Doc M, Southside Doc. He has described the difference between how fans and the Steelers prioritize offseason positional needs. What position groups might the front office emphasize that would contrast with how you ranked team needs? So I honestly – this is tough because fans are so very outward about it, and the Steelers are going to be the complete opposite. They're going to be a – we're going to keep our cards, cards close to the vest. Mike Tomlin, although he's very outward with specific players – That There are some times where they kind of pull the wool over your eyes. Give you an example. Last year with Kenny Pickett, uh, no one thought they had that much interest. Turns out they did, and they knew all they needed to know about number eight. So I think that when it comes to position groups, you don't really know where they put their value until you see how the draft and or free agency plays out in terms of positional needs. To give you an example, I might have cornerback high on the list. They might not draft a cornerback until the seventh round. That tells you what they think about how the board fell and that what they think about the positional need. Likewise, I might say that I think defensive line should be a, a, a first-round priority, and they might only get a free agent in the second or third wave of free agency and say, we think we're fine. You just don't know. Fans are always going to be outward. They're sharing their mock drafts already. They're talking about free agents, top free agents, who's going to do well, blah, blah, blah. The team's not gonna do that. So that's a tough one. But thanks, Doc, for the question. Lori, longtime listener of the program, says just finished reading Coach Cower's book and really enjoyed it. He is such a likable guy. It is a great book. As a quick sidebar. If you want to read a good book, go read that Bill Cower book. So, as a Steelers fan, what is the fondest memory you have of Coach Cower? Okay. My fondest memory of Coach Cower is I just loved it. And, and towards the end of his tenure, he he wasn't as fiery. I got to go I I love going back to the early days of Bill Cower. You know, when the 1994-95 seasons, even shortly after that where he was the chin was out, the spitting, you know, he's hitting Greg Lloyd on the shoulder pads telling him to rush the passer. I that's what I loved about Bill Cower. He brought that passion and when Chuck Knoll, who he followed was still very much the emperor and just kind of roamed the sidelines towards the end of his career bill Cower brought that passion and that's what i liked the most and then laurie also says also do you have any birthday celebrations coming up a new decade uh no no not really just spe- i got to spend some time with family although it was not for the best circumstances of the passing of my uncle this past weekend but it was great to see a lot of people that i haven't seen in a long time so good questions brian haynes asked several here we go is there a scenario that you see William Jackson III or Devin Bush with this team next season? Devin Bush, no. William Jackson III, yes, but not on that contract. I think if anything, they cut him and try to re-sign him. If he goes elsewhere, that's a risk they run, but they're not going to pay him that much money. I think with Devin Bush, that ship has sailed. Next question from Brian. If you could pick a board game to play with the Steel Curtain Network crew, what game would it be? Um, Let's hear a board game. I'll tell you what game I love that a lot of people don't know much about. I learned it as a kid. I went out. It was at camp. I went to a camp. It's backgammon. Uh, I love backgammon. It's one of my favorite board games that no one knows anything about. I'm not going to pick backgammon. I'm going to go with a classic. I'm going to say it would be hysterical to play Jenga with the SCN crew, the Steel Curtain Network podcast crew. It would be fun to just play Jenga. I and mean, If someone's thinking Twister, please slap yourself. No. Uh, Brian Haynes also asked, do you think that Andy Weedle or Curry will be the bigger help sooner? He's talking about Curry, the outside linebacker, who is reportedly going to be the new outside linebacker coach for the Steelers. I think that it will be Weedle for a lot of reasons th- to be the bigger help sooner because of the, the free agency and the draft, etc. Brian asked two more. Who are your top three cut candidates? Who do you think is safest of all the possible cut rumors? I think that the top three cut candidates for me, we have William Jackson the Third at the top. Um, I'm looking at trying to think back to all those different numbers. I think that if you cut um, someone like Gunnar Olszewski, you'll save some cash. Uh, the safest? You know, it's funny. I could see them keeping Gunnar o. I don't think Mitch Trubisky's on that cut I'm going to have to look at that a little bit closer, Brian. I'll look at that closer. I'll let you know. Last question for Brian Haynes. Who's your favorite AFC opponent? How about the NFC? My favorite AFC opponent by far is the Baltimore Ravens. There's something about Ravens-Steelers that is – it just can't be touched. anywhere. as for NFC, I really don't care about the NFC too much. Uh, But if I had to pick one, uh, give me the – Give me the classic Steelers-Cowboys matchup. I always think that's just great to see the star on the helmet, the Steelers logo clashing. I just think it's a, it's just one of those – it's an NFL thing, if you know what I mean. So good questions, Brian. Mike Smith asked, the past couple seasons have seen the departure of several longtime staples for the organization, including Keith Butler, Ben Roethlisberger, Kevin Colbert, and most recently, the retirement of John Mitchell. Beyond the change of quarterback, does it feel like a new era or just business as usual? Um, I think that in a way, it does feel like a new era. Not with the Kevin Colbert thing. I feel like that's kind of old. Uh, ben Roethlisberger as well. The Kenny Pickett era has begun. So those eras have kind of already started. Yeah, you're going to see, like, when you think about John Mitchell not being there, we're not going to notice it so much as a fan base. But I think as a team and an organization, they'll notice. So, but yeah, for, for me, I look at that, you know, the change of quarterback, a new era. I just think it's kind of business as usual. Why? mike tomlin is still there that's the most important thing m dibs 24 at any point in steelers history name an unsung hero example would be isaac redmond or maweldie moore let's hear it. at any point in steelers history name an unsung hero i would probably say that there was there was a year where i remember ike taylor was phenomenal And he never got any accolades, no Pro Bowl, nod, nothing. He followed the best receiver for the opposition, had a great season. I'll go with him, but I'd also go with Ryan Clark, was often unsung next to Troy Palomalu, and so was Chris Hope before him. M Dibbs asked another one, who is your favorite child? (laughs) I've got five to choose from. No, I'm just joking. He said, just kidding. Rank your other BTSC shows. This is tough. Okay, I love I, I love the two shows that make up the, the rest of the morning lineup. Uh, Jeffrey Benedict's show is phenomenal. Uh, great show on Tuesday. Go check that out. Uh, Dave Schofield's phenomenal. What Ian's talking about would be in the top three for sure. Um, right now I'm really digging the homies. If you've never listened to the homies, give them a shot. They're a weekend show. So is State of the Steelers. A lot of you might not listen too much on the weekends. I get it. But a show that's definitely going to be up there as well is the Here We Go Steelers show on Fridays uh, with Kevin Smith and Brian Davis. There's a lot. I I do listen to all of our shows. So I don't want people to think like, oh, man, Jeff didn't name my show. Like the Steelers fix on Tuesday was phenomenal. They went over that mock draft by Jeremy Betts. Go give them all a listen. You're not going to regret it. I promise. All right. Let's get to some other questions. Let's go to B Selfridge. What's your favorite early what's your very early prediction for win losses for next season? It could ha- if you could hand pick one free agent that could come to the team, who would it be and what's your favorite home cooked meal? So the first one, what's your favorite early prediction your early why do I keep saying favorite? What's your early prediction for win losses? I'm going to say next year, I'm going to be generous and I'm going to go with 11 and 5. 11 and five. That might be generous. If 11 and five or 10 and six, if you could handpick one free agent that could come to the team, who would it be? If money's not an object, it's Javon Hargrave. What's your favorite home cooked meal? Man, my wife makes nothing but home cooked meal. She is phenomenal. Uh, she's so good in the kitchen. I, I love all of her food, but my favorite home cooked meal is probably what I had for my birthday. And that was steak. I grilled the steak charcoal grill. Don't mess around with gas. That's fake grill it the right way. And, um, Give me a good steak with a baked potato and a really good salad. She makes homemade dressing and stuff. Really great. Let's go to a couple more. Tyler, number one, did Flores share his senior bowl report with the Steelers or keep his thoughts for his next team? I honestly don't know. Uh, I guess that if he was down there at the time with the Steelers, but he's not going to be the only Steelers scout down there. you got to keep that in mind too. Uh, Number two, after two years with Najee Harris, would you consider him a first-round waste or worth the pick? I, th- I don't think he's a waste. I really don't. Some people love to say that this guy's a bust, and I just don't understand what people expect. He's been durable. He's been reliable, and he's been effective. All right, I, th- I like Najee Harris. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a waste. I think he's worth it. Number three, considering the Claypool trade, who on the current roster would be good trade bait? I think that if you're looking to trade someone, I don't think they will. A guy that would be, if he would have played this year, would have been really good to trade. And that would have been Calvin Austin the third. I'm not going to go down that road. So if I had to pick someone else, they're going to hate me. Everyone's going to hate me for saying this, but it's Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward would have trade value. And if you can get someone that needs that, that they need that one piece, you might be able to get something for him. He's still playing at a high level. I don't want I don't want him to go anywhere. I don't want Cam to go anywhere. All right, we have several questions from Heath Davis. He said, your guest Monday, he's talking about Nick Fairball, says he doesn't see Kenny Pickett being a great quarterback, but being Kirk Cousins. Let's be honest and say we could do a lot worse than Kirk Cousins. How many years do you believe the Steelers give Kenny Pickett to develop and take the reins? I think they're going to give him at least the four, the four rookie, probably a fifth with a fifth year option. They're going to give him time to develop. I want you to think about a scenario. Let's say this upcoming season in 2023, Kenny Pickett goes out there. He improves, throws more touchdowns, limits his interceptions still. Steelers run the ball. They win some games. But at the end of the season, the Steelers decide to not renew Mad Canada's contract. So he's going to get a new offensive coordinator. They're going to give Kenny Pickett a chance to prove himself with that coordinator. He's going to get time is what I'm saying. He's going to get time. But that's a good question. Next question from Heath. You and the BTSC crew are stuck in a mansion. The lights go out and the bat and they oh they go out and back on and you find a dead person in the room. You're now in a clue scenario. Which one of you guys did it in what room and what weapon? So huh. The lights go out, they come back on, you find a dead person in the room. Well, who died? That's one of the questions, but we don't know. So we're in a clue scenario. I'm gonna first uh I'm gonna say that I think Jeffrey Benedict did it. I'm going to say it was in the study because I can imagine him with like a little pipe and a smoking jacket as he records his podcast. And I'm going to say he used um, the candlestick. That's what he did. There you go. The can- Jeffrey Benedict in the study with a candlestick, that's who did it. And last one from Heath. He said, who's the player on the Steelers offense you believe sets the tone for game on play one for the other... Oh, who sets the tone on play one for the other 10 players? Same question for defense and special teams. On offense, I think it's Najee Harris. He gets the ball, whether it's up the gut. You think about the stiff arms, breaking tackles. He's going to make it very clear that he's there to play. And he's there to kick some you-know-what and take some names. And then for the defense... Everyone would, I think everyone wants to say TJ, but I don't think it's TJ Watt. I think, if anything, it's Cam. And if I were to pick someone that's not necessarily going to be selected for that much, it would be Minka Fitzpatrick. I think Minka Fitzpatrick coming up, making a big hit, disrupting a play, intercepting a pass, absolutely gets them... Uh, gets the gets their juices flowing, so to speak. And Heath also used the hashtag ride or die crew, said, me, anytime I hear a Browns fan talk. And he used uh, his own GIF from the other guys where uh, he said, why don't you shut your face? I love it. Love it. All right, two more questions here. Aiden Blaine. Hey, Jeff, which weak positional group do you think will will take the Steelers longest to rebuild? I have to go – with inside linebacker. And the reason why I have to go with inside linebacker is that they have not been able to fill that void since Ryan Shazier. They've tried. It's not for a lack of trying, but they have not been able to fill that void. And so I'm going to have to go with inside linebacker. Brandon Diaz, with the last question, Jeff. I hope the family's doing well after last week. Uh yeah, so for just <laughs> thank you very much. Uh for those that didn't listen last week, had a death in the family. My uncle passed away. The family is doing well. Uh, it's been a very difficult emotional stretch, especially for me when I think about you know the death of my uncle. I think about turning 40 years old, uh, the mortality, the morbidity, the just morbid thoughts that go through your head. It's tough. It's, it can be difficult, but thank you for saying that. And he said, my questions are, what are you looking for in terms of improvement from Kenny Pickett? So let's answer that one first. What I want to see from Kenny Pickett is better pocket presence. I want him to stay in the pocket, manipulate the pocket better before bailing. I want to see better red zone efficiency. Throw more freaking touchdowns. Like It's that simple. I want to see him throw more touchdowns. And then the second question from Brandon is, what's a movie that is so bad it's good? Wow, so bad that it's good. I'm trying to think of the movies that I've seen that I love that a lot of people would say is horrible, but I think is absolutely awesome. Uh, There's a lot of them. I tend to go back to the movies that my parents hated when I was a kid, but I loved. I'm talking about your Billy Madison. I'll tell you one, my parents, they went and saw this in the theater, and they thought, they they almost left the theater. They thought it was that bad, and it is that realm of hilarity. And that's the movie Grown Ups, and yes, it has, and Grown Ups too is the same way, you got David Spade, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Kevin James, and the first one, I mean, they have different characters, obviously, in every movie, but... Just so funny. I love that movie. It's it's really bad. It's not a good movie in terms of acting or anything like that, but I love that movie. Most people hate it. I think it's hysterical. I like that type of comedy, as you can tell. All right, great questions, everyone. I hope you learned a little bit in this one. Maybe if it was just about Jack Ham in the first half, the hammer, uh, or maybe it's about how Omar Khan's. I think he's doing it right. So I hope you all enjoyed this show. I know I did. Make sure you tune in on Friday. I'll have Jeremy Jerome Betts. I believe he'll be on. We'll double check on that to talk all things NFL as they get ready for the Scouting Combine coming up, so stay tuned for that. You know how we finish out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you on 5th
0: 18 plus.